The Conseil Podcast is a podcast aimed at helping its listeners get inspired to live their lives to the fullest. On the show, we have different guests over from public figures to regular people like you and I. We share with each other our life experiences, our stories, as well as discuss different issues that all of us go through. Join me, your host, Oma, every Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Central African time as we look at everything that life gives to us from its blissful goodness to its sorrowful sadness. This is your step-by-step guide on how to live your best life. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Conseil Podcast, your step-by-step guide on how to live your best life. It's raining today, and it makes me so, so happy because I love the rain during this my favorite season, so the fact that it's raining outside makes me so, so happy. I hope you guys had an amazing week. I hope everything went as you had hoped or planned, and if they didn't, unfortunate but i hope it gets better um today is gonna be a very very interesting episode mostly because it's something that i realized that i hadn't done before i'd looked at all the episodes that i that i did and much like the relationships episode that i did previously i just realized that i hadn't done an episode to do with mental health so i figured you know what let's talk about that And to help me do that is someone who was a guest on the podcast previously. And not just a guest, but the first guest I had on the podcast. She's the one that started it all for all the other guests that came through. And I'm so grateful for her because she's also a very, very good friend of mine. At least I think I am one of her very, very good friends. We're still yet to establish that. But anyway, hi, Lingui. Thank you for coming back on the show. How are you doing? Hey, Kay. I'm okay. Um, All things considered, I love the rain. I love, love the rain. The rain speaks to my soul. Um, If I wasn't here with you, I'd probably be dancing in the rain. But, you know, you know, (laughs) I'm... Yeah, I... I'm not going to lie. And it's always a thing for me. Every year on the first day of the rainy season, I always go out into the rain because i feel like it also gives me some sense of good luck i don't know why but that's just how it is i mean for me it's not just it's not just one day for me once it rains guys i'm outside <laughs> i'm outside i'm very religious about it it's just you know i'm here today and so i'm just like i was gonna choose you i was gonna choose the rains over you but you know i had to stay strong <laughs> See, see, this is why I'm saying that we're here to establish my importance in the hierarchy of friends that you have. It's nothing, it's nothing personal. (laughs) I would, the only thing that probably comes before rain is like food. But um, naturally, anybody, even my... Is there anything that tops food? Jesus. But after that, honestly... And obviously, there's nothing that tops that, so... I would... even, uh, Even my mom knows... She'd be like, like, well, let's go. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Like, two poos. Two poos outside, I'll come back. <laughs> so, I'm so dead. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So this is your second time you've been on the podcast. And the podcast has grown exponentially since the first time you were here. How does it feel to be back after such a long time and after seeing how much it has grown? I mean, it feels great. It always feels great to be part of any conversation. 
um of late i seem to be part of a lot of mental health related conversations and i mean i don't mind it's kind of like my thing but it's yeah it's interesting to see like how many podcasts even in general have said coming up um and so i'm super excited for you i mean you've been on the top 10 list for how long now four months consecutively and i was actually about to say that thank you for bringing that up guys the top 10 charts for october came out and the concept podcast came out seven and as of today that means that the concept podcast has been on the top 10 charts from july august september and october four months consecutively we've been amongst the top 10 most listened to podcasts in the country that for me is so huge and i am so so grateful to each and every one of you that have been listening to the podcast it feels so so good now before we get into the top topic of discussion for the day that's a lot of words but anyway um i just want to say if you're new to the podcast welcome you're definitely gonna love it here and to the ones that have already subscribed you guys are the real mvps so thank you so much remember to share the podcast with everybody friends family everyone and let's continue to grow <clears throat> so language mental health yes yes what are we talking about <laughs> um so whenever i'm given like given the chance i guess mm-hmm. to define what mental health is i always yes. use the who um is definition because uh-huh. i found like it's a very uh what's the term <laughs> like it's an all-encompassing yeah. um definition so, very generic huh? yeah so it says mental health is a state of mental well-being that enables people to cope with the stresses of life, realize their abilities, learn well and work well, and contribute to their community, right? So, um, one thing that often happens in this conversation is that a lot of people end up up interchanging mental health and mental illness. Yeah. And they're just not the same thing. It's It's like with us as human beings, um, when you're talking about health, right? You're talking about everything, right? Yeah. So if if um, I'm unwell, it, mm. you know, you'd say I have an illness. Yes. That's kind of the same thing that goes with like mental health, right? Mm. Mental health is just this broad um, spectrum. It's, it's got to do with how well you are in your mind. Yeah. And then when you're not well, you have... A mental illness yeah. so those are very distinct terms that a lot of people end up interchanging and for me who knows the differences sometimes when people are talking i'm like huh what does that mean and then they said what and i'm like oh okay yeah. um maybe we should go back to the basics and mm-hmm. kind of like make sure that the line between the two is actually understood a bit yeah. more um widely mm-hmm. i hear you on that one because i'm not gonna lie that more often than not like you said that happens a lot and i guess i don't know if it's just like um an obliviousness to the term because every time someone hears mental health automatically they think this person is probably dealing with something or whatever or they we oftentimes associate the term mental health exactly we don't often talk about the plus side of it and the fact that someone could be be well and they still have 
mental health because no one doesn't have mental health i don't think that's <laughs> i don't think health is something that you can't not have you know exactly so you definitely everyone has mental health but not everyone has mental illness exactly yeah so more to the point then what does define mental illness um a definition of mental illness really off the top of my head it would just be um it has to do with how you okay so how i like to put it is People have, generally in life, people get sad, you know, yeah. people get stressed, um, people feel bitten down by the world, but it's kind of like how you cope with it. So there's, there's positive coping mechanisms, there's also really negative ones, and sometimes there's just the inability to cope, yeah. right? So if you're struggling with the inability to cope, I wouldn't say you have a mental illness, but you have a mental health issue. Yeah. So now... Whether or not you have an illness is kind of left up to like the professionals to actually yeah. diagnose and see like okay this person definitely. Mm-hmm. But of course on your own you can just feel like if you tough the end that we know like like I yeah like like I'm struggling um, and I know it so that's what I would say generally um, those are things to look out, out for right. If you get stressed can you help yourself out of the stress in a very like healthy way. Or does it take unhealthy forms, yeah. you know, to get you out of that place? Mm-hmm. That's what I would um, highlight. You know, one of the words that you that I'm gonna highlight the most from what you've explained was the idea of coping, because I feel like, at least how I would define mental illness, yeah. would be more so the inability to cope with the stresses and exactly because again a lot of the times and this is another thing that is often confused for the other or misinterpreted oftentimes especially now we always think that when someone is sad they have a mental illness when someone is depressed they have a mental illness and stuff like that but I feel like and we're probably going to delve into this more and for those who are listening feel free to let me know what you think on this as well personally I feel like your inability to cope with that sadness, the inability to cope with that depression or that downside of life is exactly because the truth is by virtue of you being a human being, you're bound to feel sad. Yeah. You're bound you're bound to feel happy. There's no one human being on the planet who's been happy throughout his entire life. Yeah. You know, and there's also again, conversely, not one human being who's been sad throughout their entire life. We all have our fair share of sadness and happiness. So your inability to deal with that sadness, I think, is what leads to um, to mental illness. And, you know, here's where we're going to go into the next part of the discussion. Um, actually, wait, before we even get to that part, do you feel like... Um, mental illness can be something that is um, self-imposed or it, or it just happens due to your inability to cope? I mean, so there's different factors that lead to um, people having mental illnesses. There's genetic factors. Yeah. There's some mental illnesses that are, you know, hereditary. Yeah. Um, 
there's environmental factors um there's um even social factors yeah. right um the kind of setting maybe that you grew up in and stuff like that so it's just um there's different things My question was do you feel like um there are some do you feel like mental illness can be self-imposed okay. or it's more so like it can be self-imposed or more so to the point it just happens due to your inability to cope um I'll, I'll leave that by saying that I don't know completely, okay. but I think a lot of the times there's, just, there's a lot out of it that we can't um, control. But I've seen a lot, especially with our generation, um, having a mental illness is seemingly becoming a trend. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's seemingly becoming a trend and you always find that group where this one person is like, don't talk to me like that, do you know that I'm bipolar? And I'm like, eh, sis. You know? And then, <laughs> so, um, I feel like there's some people who, I don't know for what reason, um, seem to glorify it, and then by that nature, can actually just take up things. So, so sometimes, maybe you don't have something. It happens with like, just like yeah. physical illnesses. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't have something, but you read about it. Now you start acting like that thing. Yeah. Right? So... That's, psycho- that's psychological. Well. Yeah, it's also a psychological problem, actually. Um, but pe- that it can be self-imposed in that yeah. um, sense. But just naturally, it's just like different factors. Genetics, environment, um, um, social, socioeconomic status. And this is where the, the conversation of intersectionality comes into play, right? Yeah. Um, intersectionality is basically just the different factors, how different factors can come together and um, lead to a certain situation. So I don't, I don't want to like use it in the negative or the positive. Yeah. Um, for instance, somebody who is um, experiencing, let's say, poverty, you know, they, they, they don't have money, they, they have like a lot yeah. of bills, um, they have pressure, right? Um, because, for example, they're male, right? Um, that's also another factor. Um, so they're male, then they've, they've grown up maybe in a war-torn country. That person is at a higher risk of developing a mental illness yeah. just because financial burden. Yeah. Um, sometimes, in our case, what it does, especially in the Zambian scene, mm-hmm. It leads to a lot of um, alcohol abuse, yeah. and then and the al- the, yeah, and the al- and the abuse kind of leads to these mental illnesses. Yeah. So you have that as a factor, and then you have the fact that they're in a war-torn country. So again, um, they get exposed to certain things that may cause trauma and stuff. So there's just that thing, and. Yeah, so different types of situations can cause, you know, different things. But that's not to say that if, for example, um, we're ever to scale people's lives and maybe your life looks better than somebody else's, then you can't have a, gen- a genuine um, mental illness. Because I suppose that's kind of the question that I get. I get, And I don't think anybody who asks me asks me maliciously. Yeah. But, um, and I didn't even open with this. I have... Um, 
dysthymia, which is long-term mild depression, right? And so there's sometimes that people ask like, but why, right? Because somebody like me apparently shouldn't have um, a mental illness, right? They have a fairly good life. I don't have many struggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm smart. Um, I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. At least I've been told I'm pretty. So not. Oh, no, <laughs> um, so I should have it fairly easier than other people. But then, so why do you have a mental illness? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting you brought that up because yeah. that's another thing that we we don't realize about mental illness. So that's one thing that people do a lot. We feel like. There's a certain class of people that shouldn't be having mental illnesses yeah. and others that shouldn't. And I look at it and I'm like, it's really genuinely not fair to think of it that way because when you think about it, actually, I feel like, and this is just my own personal thought, I feel like the more higher up you go in the power hierarchy or status hierarchy of the social community... I feel like the more vulnerable you are to situations that may lead you into mental illnesses if you're not careful enough. I mean, I think I think there's some truth to that, but I also think that categorizing in that way can be harmful because it also leads to this same thing. Yeah. So people, a lot of people, um, I've done a talk on like stigmatization yeah. and you find a lot of people self-stigmatize. Yeah. So, and they gaslight themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I've got nothing to be sad about. Why am I sad? I've got nothing to be, I have so many of these things to be grateful for. You can be grateful and still have a mental exactly. um, illness. You can have happy moments and still have a mental illness it's it's just got nothing to do with that do so, you feel like yeah. do you feel like that is probably as a result of one trying to disapprove or not acknowledge the problem that may be occurring at that time as a form of like a defense mechanism of sorts um i mean I don't know personally. I don't think I've ever gone through a period where I didn't recognize it. I recognized it even before, many, many years before I was ever diagnosed with it. So, um, especially I knew there was something yeah. wrong. But then people do actually cope in different ways. So there's a possibility that people might fight against it that way. And then there's also just the, 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 the stigma, just the general stigma that's there when it comes to like in our society we have people who you know these people that walk around the streets and whatnot and will be like that mad person you can't be next to that mad person and a lot of the times they just have a mental illness so there's just like a very strong sense of stigma uh families abandon others and things like that um so that's also another reason that somebody could deny because it's like i can't be the part of of those people right um there's a lot of people who are high functioning um that's not a that's not an official psychiatric term but it just helps better understand so people like myself (laughs) um people who are generally high achievers you know um and then they have a mental illness so people the, the way people have it in their mind is that if you have 
a form of depression. We must just be seeing you in the bed every day, every day. You're just locked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not, you're not managing to to um to pass your exams. You can't get anything done in life because you're just in the space, and it's it's not true. So I think there's a lot of stereotypes that that contribute to to this thing to people denying um where they're at yeah. um but then again i don't think anybody should be real quick to jump into it like yeah. just like oh yeah, yeah yeah me 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 mental illness <laughs> because it's also <laughs> a bit dangerous so yeah. on that part i just like if you feel like there's something wrong genuinely feel like there's something wrong i would say that you should seek um professional help yeah, yeah. And I, I remember having a conversation. Again, I have so many conversations. But I remember somebody saying, like, how can we do that? Because this, this person is out of the country. So like, how can we do that when, this, when the professionals here don't speak our language? Right? Um, which is a tough situation to be in. And that's, like, an issue that I'm working with other people to try and reconcile. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say too much about it. But, yeah, it's an issue... That I'm trying to work with other people, other like actual professionals to try and figure out. Yeah. Um, but generally, if you can get up and go and get the help, and then when I say this, people are like, But it's expensive. But uh, guys, if you go to a government facility, it is actually not expensive, it's free. The, the issue that you might have is just getting like a space booked and stuff like that because there's so many people who might be using the service, but generally, it's free. And then if you feel like you might be able to pay something, you can look into um, private facilities. Just Google mental health um, care services in Zambia and you'll find, you'll find lists. I found lists. Um, I found lists before. And you can go through the list and call them and be like, how much is your rate? How much is your rate? You might find somebody in the rate that you want. Because another thing is that some, some people do on private, but they have this notion that it's expensive, which... In general, it can be, but I've also found that it's not as expensive as people think, right? Yeah. Because I'm like, tell me a number. They tell me how much you think it is. And they say a number, and I'm like, where I go, it's not that. So maybe you just need to do a bit more research um, and go out and find out because I don't think there's anybody... Okay, there are institutions, but not many institutions who just put it out there like, oh, no, you pay this much. You have to do some of the work and, like, call and find out. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, hey, by the way, this rain is doing the most, though. <laughs> like, hey, guys. Anyway, um, you've highlighted a bit, and actually not just a bit, but significantly, a significant amount about how the whole issue of mental illness has, to some extent, been glamorized or glorified on social media. Yeah. And um, I'll tell you one thing that. I feel, um, first of all, I, when I think about how it makes me feel, I just feel like it makes me feel sad that it's being glorified in the way that it is. But um, more to the point, I feel like the fact that it's in some cases if not most cases used as a form of attention seeking it might not be the it might not be the truth for most of them and maybe and here's the thing about it is that nine times out of ten you never really genuinely know 
because it's on social media you're not with that person so you don't know if this person is genuinely saying that they have this mental health problem yeah and then again you also don't know whether they're bluffing how does that make you feel when you think about it um i don't know i i i try not to assume that i know what people are going through because for instance even if somebody came up to me and said they suffer from the same thing that i do um I wouldn't assume that I know the experience because yeah. everybody kind of has a very different experience. Yeah. It can be the same thing but in general. Yeah, but different things led to it. Yeah, but it's just you know these are people's real lives, mm-hmm. um, and so if you're doing if you're doing it for glamour or it's just it's just a bit weird. I'm not trying to be judgmental. It's just a bit weird, like. Mm-hmm. Maybe help me understand. Yeah. Like, like, seriously. So, I don't know if you get this a lot, but if you do, I want to know how you respond to it. So, let's say someone, and I'm going to give two scenarios. There's someone who you don't know, never met this person before. They text you on Instagram saying that, unknowing that you're probably a mental health advocate, and they tell you what they're going through, and and they say that they're feeling suicidal. And that they don't know what they what to do, and then they'll and then they'd be like, "Oh no, I feel like I want to end things right now," and stuff like that. And you're seeing, and they're texting you this uh, via social media, via Instagram or Facebook or whatever. What's your reaction or what's your response? Or how do you respond to said people? Huh? <laughs> I was saying that um, you have. I'm gonna give two scenarios. One is from someone who's a stranger. They text you on Instagram. They know that Olingwe is a mental health advocate. Yeah. So they text you, but they text you saying that they are depressed. They tell you what they're going through, and they feel they are feeling suicidal. And they feel like ending things right then and there, right now. Yeah. What's your response? Or how do you text this person back? That's actually a very weighted question because yeah. I am trying to detach myself from being people's go-to. Yeah. Um, I think when I when I just started mm-hmm. advocacy in this line, I was really young, and I just had this um urge to help people, and I wanted to be there for people, mm-hmm. right? But eventually, it burnt me out because you yeah. can't. You can only carry people's issues for so long. That's so true. And like the reason why I'm asking isn't necessarily just more so to your to, to to you specifically, but more so to like when you have a situation where someone who you don't know just comes to you out of the blues from nowhere saying that this is what they're going through and they feel like doing this, this, that and the third and the fourth. But continue. Yeah, um I think it's I would probably come down to asking them why. So and not to make a mockery, but people who have made the actual decision to kill themselves rarely reach out because they know there's somebody that can stop them. Mm-hmm. For in, for instance, um, the former is it Miss America? Yeah. yeah. Is it Chrisley? I'm so sorry if I've gotten her name wrong. Um, I'm just going to say right now, I don't even know who she is. <laughs> yeah. Um, she died by suicide earlier this year. Right. 
and there's there's an episode on it on Red Table Talk. Yeah. Um, yo, that episode made me bawl. I I cried. My eyes were so swollen. Mm. But yeah, basically, her her parents were trying to dispel the rumors. Some people just like no. They're just trying to cover up it was a murder it was a you know how people are and so her parents were just trying to say like please don't do that and um they, her mom explained kind of how the entire thing happened and her daughter had um high functioning depression yeah. which in a way is um what i have i've seen some books that i mean that um i've read some articles that say it's the same thing as dyslexia, but maybe there's a dis- um there's a distinction mm-hmm. so she she had a mom used to speak every day i think she had a, she had attempted once before and her mom got really close to her and stuff like that and that day she did things in such a way that she wasn't going to speak directly to her mom because I think she knew that if she spoke to her mom, she wouldn't go through with it. Yeah. So people really reach out mm-hmm. when 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 that that point. Yeah. Um. So if somebody does, then they just really need the help, and mm-hmm. the and the best thing you can do is just try to talk to them. Yeah. Um. Have a conversation. Let them lead the conversation in a way. Yeah. You know, don't press too much, but just like, you know, why do you feel this yeah. way? Have you ever felt this way before? Yeah. Is there a possibility that you're just feeling this way now and then a bit later you'll feel differently? Um, is there anything specifically I can do to help you? Yeah. Who are the people you reach out to um, when you have these issues? Maybe try to connect them with a community of people. Yeah. Um, who experience the same things because sometimes people just lack community and then if it's like a really dire situation the best thing to do is try and find out where they are and call the police when if somebody is in immediate danger of harming themselves i know the response um of our police service is um not at uh, yeah, I was just like I need to say this in a, in a respectful <laughs> way. Um it's bad. So that might be a long shot but yeah try and find out where they are and call the police so that they can intervene in that situation i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you on that one because like i said you oftentimes find out since this is someone reaching out on social media you don't know whether it's genuine or not so it's not really up to you to judge whether this person is either faking it or they're being real about it so talking to this person and allowing them to leave the conversation is a good way to start because then at least you're able to um be of some help because i wouldn't exactly say that you dismiss them because that wouldn't help anyone so that's the thing and like you said most people who are actually really intentionally suicidal most likely won't exactly tell anybody for fear that that person might go through with it and for those that do my belief is that it may be a thought but not big enough to actually go through with it but it's a thought of consideration and maybe the reaching out is like that thing that's differentiating them from actually going through with it and them not going through with it so it would be like a situation where like okay um i am considering it but since i have nothing else left why not if not right yeah 
You get what I mean? I think from somebody who has experienced suicidal, how do say has experience? Who who often experiences suicidal ideations? This is just my personal take on it. Um, there's this quote. I don't know. I know I said it on social media, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, but it basically said a lot of people who say they want to kill themselves actually don't they just want to kill a certain part of themselves yeah right so people it's life <laughs> guys life is just a life is life is just a bit tough sometimes yeah. and so it's not this thing that this person is trying to because i've heard this a lot it's not this thing that this person is trying to um seek attention um perhaps they may be just like frustrated with the thing that has been constantly happening to them because oftentimes and this is a pattern that i've noticed at least with the people who reach out to me and saying that they've been suicidal every time you try and find out what the cause of it's oftentimes the same thing like when you break it down the experiences might be different but the cause of that experience is pretty much basically the same thing so i guess it's that frustration of having going through the same thing over and over and it just keeps hurting you more and more and more yeah i think we should always be very careful i always say when it comes to um not always i often say when it comes to mental health issues the best that you can be is kind and listen because we move around in the world like we can read each other's minds yeah right but you could be with somebody even right now you could be with somebody who is suicidal mm-hmm. and you just don't know because they can't open up to you because they've heard how you talk about it eh? yeah um the certain tones that we talk about things in that don't leave room for people to be honest with us and oftentimes you don't even realize it yeah um you know, you just be like, ah, these people, they just want to seek attention. I don't know why. And and I think it's also much more harder for, like, it's it's much more difficult for people who are in, like, our parents' age groups because that's not something that was real to them. Yeah. Um, so I don't take away the fact that it's probably more difficult for them. Yeah. Um, but I think if you don't understand the situation, somebody might. So, for instance, my mom, my mom's um, a medical professional but when it came to mental illness she didn't know much about it yeah. um, but she did her best to support me to believe me first of all right? I mean she would see that I'm sad and stuff like that but she did her best to like um, understand, understand the situation and then she's like okay I don't know much about this I don't know much about oh. this but I know somebody who does mm-hmm. so she took me to her friend, to her colleague, mm-hmm. who is a psychiatrist, and that's how, you know, everything ended up happening. Amazing, amazing, amazing. All right. We've talked a lot about... What? Okay, I don't know what that was, but we'll check on it later. Um, we'll talk... We've talked about mental illness for quite a bit, but now I want to dive more into the aspect of self-harm. And I guess... Um, before we even get to the more detailed part of it, um, <clears throat> and I think this is similar to the other question that I asked earlier, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Um, do you think 
self-harm can lead to mental illness or vice versa? Mm, a good amount of the time, um, self-harm is as a consequence of... Mental illness? Well, I wouldn't say mental illness, but some emotional um, distress. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes people will self-harm and I had to read a little about this but sometimes people will self-harm because maybe that they are, they feel like they're too numb emotionally and they just want to feel like they're alive um, so in other words self-harm could be more of an emotional issue than a mental issue well mental I mean emotions come from your mind so it's, it's basically yeah. in the same realm True. I feel like no, because the reason why I've asked that is because like, um, while they are in the same realm, it's in, I always like to look at, um, I, I I always feel like not necessarily that they're the same, but mental illness and mental uh, self harm could be as a result of the other. I'm just not sure whether it's the mental illness that will come first. Then the mental health, then then the, not mental health, then the self harm or the other way around, but that's what I was asking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't say I know of situations where it's the other way around. I know it's 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 typically some sort of distress. So when I say yeah. distress, it's really broad. It could also include a mental illness. Okay. Um, that would lead somebody to self harm because people do it for different reasons. Yeah. Maybe they were, abu- they were abused at some point in their life. If they have, if they experience depression or anxiety, they're likely to do um, things like that. Um, so, I mean, you know, uh, one term that's used to to describe self-harm is non-suicidal self-injury. Interesting, because <laughs> such a big term. <laughs> um, it, a lot of people assume that self-harm and suicide are like the same yeah. thing mm-hmm. or in the same bracket, which I think is a question that you've been no, asked. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You read my mind. But the, um, and there's, there's some argument about it even in the, in the, in the psychiatric space, but it's kind of like it's got to do with intention. Most people who are suicidal, who actually attempt or manage, their intention is to end their life. By the way, just briefly before I even continue the self harm part, do you think suicide suicide is intentional? Mm. <laughs> like this is the, that's just something that I've thought about right now. Like, is suicide intentional? Or is it unintentional? Unintentional from the perspective of this person might not exactly know what they're doing or might not exactly mean for what they're attempting to do to happen, but have reached that breaking point. And because they've reached that breaking point and are willing to do it, does that make it intentional? Does that make sense? Okay. I'm going to answer this by saying this. A lot of people who self-harm have a larger possibility of attempting suicide. So... Sometimes, because you've practiced self-harm, 
depends on which but like you practice some form of self-harm for a long time you get desensitized towards like pain and stuff like that so you could unintentionally you know tip the heart um but saying is suicide in, intentional is a bit of a complex question because the issues or the circumstances that lead to somebody being in a position where they want to take their lives i don't think are really ever intentional yeah yeah um and suicide itself it's a complex topic there are you know cases where it can be more like forced into you you feel like that's your only um way out so whether or not it's intentional i would say it can be 50/50 like it, it's based on yeah. the exact circumstances mm-hmm. but i just don't think there's anybody no who would yeah who just wake up any problems and just say you today, know let me deep say <laughs> today today guys just i'm going you know uh, what i mean yeah. so um i feel like this question is difficult to answer because it's kind of in the <clears> same vein as if you've ever had a mental health issue and yeah. you tell somebody about it they just like don't be sad and i'm like guys so you thought i woke up today and just said today no, i would be sad, sad. <laughs> i mean you know what i mean so yeah. um i think I it's the same thing yeah i hear you okay okay interesting we've already issue okay we've already talked about the relationship between suicide and self harm oh, um yeah we're actually coming back to that so yeah um back to self harm um who's most likely who do you think is most likely to inflict self harm upon themselves i know everyone is capable of doing it but like the reason why i'm asking this is mostly so we can later on talk about how to help said people who are in set, such spaces I mean there's a lot of people I've mentioned a couple people who suffer from depression or anxiety yeah. um it seems a lot of a lot of young people like adolescents as well um I I can't say I don't I can't say I know exactly why I have some ideas but I haven't looked into it yeah. specifically um people who gone who, who who experience chronic pain sometimes um might self harm and might actually it might actually so lead them to being suicidal um people who've gone through abuse people who've uh, lost somebody close to them um people who've gone through like childhood traumas who've been neglected who've been abused a lot of those people are at the risk of self harming because one thing you have to understand about self harm the, the the intention a lot of the time is to numb the pain it's coping yeah. it's a form of coping yeah. it, it, it seems counterintuitive mm-hmm. but it's a way that people use I mean, to continue going and then the bad ways of coping yeah so it makes sense it's a way that people just try to move move with life it's like what yeah. i said you know if you if you are numb all the time sometimes you start feeling like you're dead mm-hmm. so you might decide to so harm in order to feel something of course that's not exactly enough. some people just do it just for the sake of trying to feel something yeah. so now and and this is other group of people that we haven't talked about there are also type of people who 
um, will self-harm. And this is going to be probably controversial and also weird to say. Because it really feels weird to say. But there are those people who self-harm for no other reason other than that they find pleasure in the feeling after the self-harm. Now, what are your thoughts on those type of people? Um... I think that's that's a conversation better had with somebody who's got like a degree in like the, like psychosocial counseling. No, 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 because I don't know. I try to say yeah. I don't to come up with like theories and ideas yeah. and mislead people mm-hmm. or maybe even cause the situation where there's like more sti- yeah. stigma to a certain type. So I can't say for sure. That's not a situation that I um, have looked into or have like been around to kind of like get um a proper understanding of it i was just thinking about it because it's interesting although um do you think that one of the major reasons why people self-harm is so that they can they like you said coping but would it be like with the intention of numbing a greater pain that they are feeling inside yeah, um, I have had friends who. I I have had friends who, um, practice I guess self harm. Um, I don't think that's a correct term, but yeah. um, for lack of a better better way, yeah, they they do it because of that. They just that's the way of letting the pain they feel inside out. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think we started this conversation, you and I started yeah. this conversation before um, we actually recorded because of just like the realizations that I'm having around my life, right? And just the fact that I'm starting to see a pattern of self-harm within myself. But I'm not, I'm not the type of person to get um, a blade and cut myself. Me, pain? Me? Physical. <laughs> physical. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Language does not like physical pain. Yeah. So, I think I was. My mind has always been very closed off when it comes to this topic. That's yeah. why I think maybe that's why it took me a long time to realize this. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, when we think of so harm, like ninety percent of us just see cutting. Yeah. As, but but there's so many different forms. I mean, and I think. Is a form of self-harm, is it not? Yeah, it actually can fall into the realm. Um, it can, it can definitely fall. Yeah. Mine, or the the one that I found myself, um, I don't know, indulging in, is um, not eating. Okay. So, and I have another friend who actually does the same thing. Yeah. It's 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 also a form of self harm. Um. You just want to. Sometimes you just want to punish yourself for something that you haven't you haven't done wrong. Sometimes you want to. What can I say? Sometimes you want to end a part of your life, like what I was saying. Right? But you just don't know how to. Um, for me, it happens especially when I'm suicidal, because I do have ideations. Um, but I don't think I'm at at the at the point in life where I would follow through yeah. with them. But what I do do is I was still pushing for some time. Um, no, you like food. 
that, that's that's actually that's how I I ended up um, seeing as um, a professional in the first place because of this just this period where I wasn't it. I used to eat flakes like once a day. So and so. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like before you even continue, there is you've actually sparked a very interesting question in me. So, does that mean that even denying yourself your natural pleasures as a human being would be a form of self-harm um i wouldn't say that i would say it's kind of the intention the intention behind it yeah because there's people who will not eat meat and maybe it's because they're trying to save the environment maybe it's because they want to lose weight Mm -hmm. they're not in a healthy space Mm -hmm. they just want to get more healthy right and this is not saying that you can't be big and healthy but you know there's there's so many factors to being healthy as a yeah. person so that could be it yeah. um but yeah the things that you do you, you it, it can be you can so be. if the intention is more like self-punishment yeah more than anything else interesting you know <clears throat> before we end this conversation um we've already talked about how about whether suicide could be intentional and unintentional which we've already said is a bit broad and it's hard to look at it from any one lens because yeah. well unintended well the actual act, act may be intentional the reason behind it behind it might not be as intentional yeah but what about self-harm do you think it's intentional i think it's the same thing as suicide right um, I think people I think a lot of people are just trying their best they're just trying their best with what they have and not everybody has the ability to ask for help I mean with, even with me who I'd say I'm in a pretty good position to be able to like speak speak my mind and speak to people and have the resources at hand um, I've ended up doing this thing which was unintentional for me mm-hmm. right I didn't I didn't cautiously stop eating as a way to punish myself, right? You just found yourself doing but it. But then when I looked back, I'm like, oh my gosh, this this is crazy. Um, I should not be doing this. Um, so I think that sometimes it's just, it's subconscious. You, you do something um, and not know why you're doing it they're just doing it maybe you think oh no i just don't have appetite now but in the long run when you look at it you're just like no that's not that what that was um i think maybe a part of me at that time hated myself or maybe a part of me didn't want to be alive maybe a part of you know so yeah all these things are so different because human beings are so different um and we have so many different experiences. So, yeah. Interesting. Can we do some trivia before we end the show? Yeah, but if I embarrass myself, <laughs> you have to cut it off. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, okay, first trivia question. Um, what's the most embarrassing thing you ever did because you were emotional? or overly emotional I'm an overly emotional person so what you're saying is what the most embarrassing thing I've done in general <laughs> um, I don't know 
I actually can't put like a finger on it. I mean, I just mostly cry. Okay. I, um, I don't generally do things that I think are embarrassing. I don't know. I really, I really can't think of yeah. anything. Yeah. Okay. You're short-tempered, right? No. Okay, you're long-tempered. <laughs> you're long-tempered. No, I mean, because uh, if you're not short-tempered, you're long-tempered. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm short-tempered. I think I've, I was at some point. Um, but more often than not, I tolerate a lot of things. Okay. When you do lose your temper, mm-hmm. um, what is your um, reaction after the inst- incident? Like after you've lost your temper, you've laid it all out, what's, your first, what's the first thing that you do afterwards? Cry. Guys, okay. me, Mina was blessed with tears. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at this point you love crying. Um, I think that it's it can be helpful. Yeah. It can be a release. But it's the same thing I was recently talking to my therapist about. Mm-hmm. Um, you can cry, and you can, and it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. But at some point there needs to be an end. You don't just sit for days. You're just crying, and which is something that I actually went through, um, very like recently. Okay. One word for the version of you that has been at its lowest point in your life. Dead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I, I think I just really wasn't being a person. Yeah. I didn't want to, yeah, do you want to go anywhere or do anything? I was the poster child for depression. You know how the, the stereotyp- mm. t- typical depression is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to eat anything. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anything. I just, I just wanted to be under a bridge <laughs> alone in a box. That's what I wanted. Wow. That is just so poetic. And I don't know why. Like, I just imagined it right now. And I'm like, why is that so poetic? Anyway. Okay. Um... One word to describe how the rain season makes you feel. Actually, no, not one word. One action that you would do to describe how the rain makes you feel. Twirl. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair enough, fair enough. Okay, what's your favorite food to eat during this time of year? There's seven times of the year. It's just to eat all the time. Um... <laughs> I I'm um, such a pizza person. Oh my god, I just want to order pizza. I should have said that. Yeah. Those are bad. Financial. Get some pizza. Those afterwards. are bad financial decisions waiting to happen because, yo. And the thing about it is, once the thought about it comes in, it gets stronger and stronger as time goes by. I'm going to eat in my room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Let me tell uh, people. People who like eating. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, don't make decisions financial decisions when you're hungry go and eat first if afterwards you still want the pizza then you genuinely wanted it you know what I mean because now you're just like, that's so smart so right I've now, just learned something today I'm going, to, I'm going to go and eat and afterwards when I'm just at a normal level and I start thinking of um, you know like 22 hours and I, if I still want pizza I'll be like okay now I'm going to buy pizza Not because sometimes you can just find it you're just hungry huh? yeah when you're hungry you <laughs> Guys, the plans that I make when I'm hungry. Guys, hunger, hunger is real. 
when you're hungry, even the thing that you don't like to eat becomes starts to look tasty. Like, why is it like that? Anyway, um, this is your second time being on the Concept Podcast, and like we earlier mentioned, it has grown exponentially from the last time you you were here. What are your honest thoughts on the podcast so far? I think, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool how you like started something. I feel like you started it more on a whim than anything, yeah. and how you've stuck with it. Mm-hmm. It's very inspirational. I I just I, I yeah guys, people have been like language a YouTube channel, language a mm-hmm. podcast. I'm like guys, I want to. What you're feeling right now when telling I'm me, I'm also feeling, feeling it, <laughs> but uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass myself mm-hmm. because. I just, I just don't really follow through with a lot of things. I was started, and then like two episodes in, I'll be like, hey guys, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And that's a wrap. Lingue, thank you so much for being a part of the show again. It's always fun to have you around. I just hanging out with you is always fun. So yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Really, really appreciate the conversation. Thank you for having me. We should do this again. Why not? I mean, I like to talk. You like to talk. You know? Why not? Exactly. Why not if not? And for you guys who've been listening, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you share this episode with as many people as possible. Mental health is something that we definitely have to shed a whole lot more light on and talk about as much as we can so make sure you share this episode with as many people as possible friends family whoever and make sure that you subscribe to the content podcast and as always until next time remember to live your best life bye language say bye bye awesome